How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silke Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. Welcome to the Story Village with Silka Rose West. Come in, come in. Welcome to the Story Village. Hello, children. I'm so glad to have you back. Oh, let's listen. Do you hear the bells in the distance? Must be from a church tower. Must be three o'clock. That's a good time to go up the mountain. Let's see if we can find Randolph Roots again, our little gnome, with his green mossy coat and his little beard, and his friend Naughty Foot, the squirrel that sometimes is a little bit too jumpy and too excited. We have a special tree our old oak tree, let's go and hide behind it and see what we can find. Up the mountain we will go. Shh! I see them. I see Naughtyfoot is laying up in a tree and sleeping. That is rather strange. Why would he sleep in the middle of the day? That's very unusual. <gasps> I see. It looks like Randolph has visitors. They look rather strange. Hmm. I see. Twelve of them. I wonder who they are. One of them looks very young. And the other one, too. And then... They also have all different colors. Some are in white, others in green. Look, there's one in purple, one in bright orange, and one in red. I wonder, twelve. Hmm. And some of them look rather old. Very strange. Let's be quiet. Maybe we can hear what they're saying. Oh, thank you for visiting me. I'm so glad you made it all the way, and I'm glad I was able to host you around my fire last night. It's been a long night. <sighs> Randolph yawned. Indeed, it had been a long night. The twelve months had come by to pay him a visit, as they are visiting all the gnomes of all the surrounding mountains once a year to bestow their gifts to the guardian of the mountain. This was the very first time Randolph had a visit from the twelfth month, and first he was a little bit afraid when he saw how many of them were there. There was a knock at night outside his hut, and when he opened it, there was a young one all clothed in white. And he said to him, Hello, 
Randolph Roots, guardian gnome of this mountain, we have come to pay you a visit. And first Randolph didn't know who they were, and he was a little scared, but he said, well, who are you and why are you visiting me? Well, we are the twelfth month of the year, and we pay our respect to the gnomes of the mountain along the Rocky Mountain Range. Well, said Randolph Roots, I'm very glad you came. What can I do? All you need to do is make a fire. Come on out. Do you have enough things to let us sit around your fire? Sure enough, I do, said Randolph, a little bit startled. But uh, let me go get my friend Squirrel Naughtyfoot and he'll help me make it more comfortable for you. So Randolph hurried over to Naughtyfoot and said, Naughtyfoot, come, I need your help. The twelve months are here to pay a visit. The twelve months? Who are they? Aren't they supposed to be in a calendar? I don't know, but they look really real. They look like human beings, kind of. Hmm... And what do you need me for? I need you to sweep the ground so we can make a nice fire and put some places for them to sit. And you have such a nice bushy tail. You're so good at sweeping. Come on, help me out. All right, all right, I'm coming. I'm coming. This is so unexpected. I wasn't ready. Did you know they would come? No, this is the very first time they visited me. I didn't even know that they would pay visits. But hurry, help me. The twelve months had sat themselves on an old fallen log by the trailhead. And Randolph and Naughtyfoot made a round place where they would invite them in. Naughtyfoot used his bushy tail and swish, swish, swish. Swish, 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 cleaned it all up. Randolph built a fire ring, and then he started to make a fire. There was a little fire. I mean, considering that these 12 months, they were rather big, more like you or me. But Randolph thought, well, this is the best I can do. Here, Naughtyfoot, you stay by the fire and guard it, and I'm going to tell them that we're ready for them to come in. So Randolph went and said, Welcome, twelve months of the year. Come around my fire. We are very honored to have you. Well, thank you, said January. You're quite quick for such an old mountain gnome. Well, I had help from my friend Squirrel Naughtyfoot. Indeed, said January. Naughtyfoot, you are a good friend to have. We have come quite unexpected, don't you think? You did indeed. I mean, you could have given us a heads up. Well, Naughtyfoot, we don't do heads up. You know how sometimes a storm is coming in just out of the blue? That's what we like to do. Surprise visits will always tell you if someone is a good host. And you too, indeed, look like you're a very good host to have. Thank you for having us. And before you knew it, there were Twelve round logs around the fire, and by some miracle the 
fire ring that was made out of these small little stones had grown bigger and bigger and bigger, that by now there was a mighty fine fire that was well contained. In the twelve months they sat on their logs, and there was Randolph Roots on his little stump, and up in the tree sat Squirrel Naughtyfoot, because he liked to sit up high. That was a better place for him to sit. He liked to look at all these months. Wow, some of them were rather young, almost like children, and others looked like grandpas. And some looked like the young woodcutters that would come in the wood in the summer, and young mothers that would go berry-picking. He had a pleasant appearance, though. Naughtyfoot was not afraid, and he knew that was good. He felt safe up in the tree, felt so safe that after a while he fell asleep. Randolph said to the twelve months, what can I do for you? Well, we came to pay you a visit, because we know that the last year has not been so easy. Well, there's always easy years and there's hard years, but altogether it was not bad, said Randolph. Well, said January, what are you grateful for? Well, said Randolph, last January we had a beautiful snowstorm and it left the whole mountain looking like a crystal castle. Oh, it was magnificent. I feel like I'm the king of the mountain when these beautiful snowstorms come. January nodded his head. He said, you shall get another beautiful snowstorm this year. I will make sure you get some beautiful icicles right around your little cave. I'll make sure Jack Frost comes by and visits you. Thank you, said Randolph Roots. That is very kind of you, January. February had a bright big smile and he said to Randolph, Randolph, what do you think about February? Randolph said, you know... There's something so magical in February. Sometimes when it freezes, I see flowers in the frozen puddles and even around the rims of the leaves. And sometimes they even look heart-shaped. And I feel all the love from nature streaming towards me. I can't even explain it, but I feel so loved. February nodded his head. You are so loved. You shall always have that feeling inside your little being because we will watch out for you. And you will always have that feeling because of the way that you approach your life. You are truly a gift to this mountain, little gnome. Then March stepped forward and he said, Little gnome, little Randolph, what you got to say to me? Oh, March. March is so beautiful. That's when the icicles, they melt and there's these drops. And when they fall down on the ground, sometimes it feels like there is crystals, crystal chimes that are playing. Every drop that falls on the earth is like so magical. And then all of a sudden, these little patches of green, they're coming out and it's like a miracle. Oh, it brings me so much joy to my heart. 
And when Randolph was talking, his coat even became even more green than it normally was. It was quite magical. Naughtyfoot woke up. He was up high. And all of a sudden, April stepped forth. And April said, well, what do you think of April? Fools, fools, said Naughtyfoot from up high. And he woke up and he gave it a jump. And oh my goodness, it broke the branch and he fell down right into April's lap. April looked at the little naughty foot and he said, You are the funniest squirrel I've ever met. What's your name? Naughty foot, said Naughty foot. That's a good name for you, said April. Well, you and Randolph shall always have a fun time. No matter whether things are happening around the world, you will always have a good joke. And here is a little riddle sack and a little joke bag. And if you ever run out, just pull one out of here. Oh, thank you, said Naughtyfoot. That's fun. And he took the little riddle bag and ran up the tree. May stepped forward. May had a beautiful belt woven with all the different colors. There was a gentleness in his gaze. And he said to Randolph, Randolph, do people still come up into the mountains to dance? Mm, yeah, sometimes, but not as often as they used to in days old. Well, I'll give you a magic ribbon, hang it on one of the tall aspens, and if somebody will come, they will remember. Will I have to tell them? No, you don't. The ribbon itself will do the trick. It is a magic ribbon. People will remember the maypole dance, and they will tell their friends, and there shall be a maypole festival in the woods this upcoming year. You may enjoy it. And you too, little squirrel Naughtyfoot. It's going to be so much fun. Dances in the woods. They are much fun for little squirrels, trust me. Then June stepped forth with a basket full of strawberries. Here, little gnome. Randolph said, it's the middle of winter. How come you have strawberries? Because I'm June. I have strawberries whenever I please, and I give them to those who I really feel like are deserving. You have taken such good care of this mountain, little gnome. Take these strawberries, and if you ever shall fall ill, eat one, and it will bring you health and make you well. Thank you, said Randolph. That's very kind of you. I love tune and the sweetness of strawberries. Ah, oh, these wild little strawberries in the forest that are hiding and you have to look for them. And then each one, if it's like a ruby. You're right, said June. You know what it's all about, don't you? July stepped forth and looked at Randolph and said, Randolph, we are glad that you came here and that you're feeding the mountain spirit and you make your offerings. Here's a bag of seeds. Here, go. You may plant the most magical mountain meadow. And people will talk about it far and wide. And many a broken heart will come to the meadow and will heal by simply being in the meadow of flowers. And if people forget about beauty, once they come to your meadow, they will remember. This is my gift to you. Randolph took the little seed pouch and he thanked July. Next came August. August had a sincere look and he looked Randolph in the face and he said, Little gnome, I want to tell you something. 
Since you have been here on the mountain, things have gone much better. The trees are rejoicing, they're growing so well. I want to give you something. Here are some seeds from an old pine. When you go next to the mountain spirit cave, go plant these seeds and these trees will grow in no time. They will become tall pines that are guardians of the mountains and they will be called bristlecone pine. Thank you, said Randolph. I'm very grateful. August said, I know. Otherwise, I would not give you these seeds. Next step for September. September looked youthful and joyful and had something about him that Randolph recognized that he would see usually in the golden leaves. There was something so rich about him. September asked, Randolph, tell me, are you rich or are you poor? And Randolph said, I am the richest of all because in the fall the leaves turn golden and I feel like I have a mountain of gold. You do have a mountain of gold. And because you have that, I'll give you this golden leaf. And it will stay golden throughout the year. And shall you ever feel like that you are poor, this leaf will turn into gold for you. You shall never lack. Thank you, said Randolph. Next, October came forth. October looked a little old, but in his hands he had a little apple. The apple did not look like a big, round, red apple, but more like a small kind of a grape apple. Here, this little apple is for you, Randolph. It's a gnome apple. It has magic. It can be grown wherever you go. It doesn't matter if it is in the desert. And even if a flood would come, this tree has roots that will not be washed away. First, you take this apple and then take the seeds and plant it. You can make a little magic orchard here in the woods. And if a traveler ever comes by who is in need, give them one of the apples and tell them to plant the trees, and they shall be all right. Thank you, said Randolph, looking at October with so much gratitude. Next came November. November said, Dear Randolph, You've seen many a years, you're as old almost as, well, I would say it's me, but I am older than you. But you might need a little cane. I've been sitting around a fire and I was whittling and I made you a little stick, a little walking stick. Here, you take it. And if you ever come upon a steep mountain and you feel like it's too steep, take the walking stick and it will help you get up to the top in no time. Here's a gift for you because you have done so well. And we appreciate you taking always the time to go there on the extra walk if you know somebody's in need. Thank you. Randolph took the little walking stick. It felt so light in his hand. Squirrel naughty foot jumped on top. And he said, yay, you got a walking stick. We can go up to the top of the mountain. Now you can't say that you can't do it because you got a stick. That's right, said Randolph. But you should be respectful. Stay calm. Now, this was a little bit hard for Naughtyfoot, but he tried his very best. Next came December. December was very old. He looked at Randolph and he said, I have an empty hand for you, but my empty hand could give you whatever you please. What is it that you want? Randolph was quiet. And he bowed and he said, I 
I wish, I wish something for this beautiful forest. I wish that the mountain stream can run this year well. I wish that the trees will grow and that there will be fruit on every tree. I wish for the flowers to bloom. And I wish for the humans who come into the forest to see the beauty and the magic of the forest. Your wish shall be granted, said December. Would you like something for yourself? I have all I need, said Randolph, but thank you. I want something, said Squirrel Naughtyfoot from above. Can I have something? December looked up and Randolph shook his head. But December said, you shall have something. And out of his pocket, he took a ball that looked like a snowball and he threw it and he said, this is for you. Go get it. It was a snowball that could turn itself into a bouncy ball and it bounced all around. It was a perfect toy for Squirrel Naughtyfoot. He ran after that ball down the mountain and up again. And by the time he came back, the twelve months were gone. Randolph sat again by his small little fire. The logs had disappeared, and Randolph held the walking stick, the apple and the seed pouch. And he thought to himself, what a blessing, this is going to be a good year. And Naughtyfoot said, oh, it's going to be a great year. I have a bouncy ball that I'm going to chase up and down the mountain. Yay, and you got a walking stick and we can go all the way on the top of the mountain. Randolph laughed. He said, you know, what would I do without you? You are just such a wonderful friend. And I think the 12 months really liked you too. I think they did and I liked them. The two went inside of Randolph's little gnome hut, and they were still telling stories till late into the night about these visitors. Hmm. I wonder what the year will bring for us, children. But it's getting a little late. I hear the bell. Better head down the mountain. Goodbye, Randolph. Goodbye, Naughtyfoot. Thank you for coming with me today, children. It is always so special to go with you up the mountain. And a circle is round. It has no end. And that's why my story will not come to an end. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Story Village. I look forward to our next journey together. I do wonder what we will find. Every day brings a new gift, and with it a new story. If you are a child, you might find it fun to explore your own story village as you play throughout the day. Who lives there? What kind of people do you meet? And if you are a parent listening to this story, I encourage you to find your own story village inside and begin to share stories of your own. Storytelling is a powerful way to feel into the collective energy of your children, neighbors, parents and grandparents. I share my stories out of desire to empower you to tell yours. 
We are part of a global village where anyone may enter. Your story is the greatest gift you can give to your village of human beings. The sound of your voice, the feeling behind your words, the courage to let yourself be heard. This is the true gift of storytelling. You. Thanks for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, now in 19 languages. Our goal is to help parents, teachers, and grandparents connect heart-to-heart with kids. You can find this podcast as well as upcoming webinars, events, our blog, stories, and more at howtotellstoriestochildren.com and on our Facebook page. You will also find the entirety of Season 1, which gives more background and perspective on a variety of storytelling topics. You can also submit questions and ideas. We like to hear from you. If you value this podcast, we invite you to consider making a contribution to keep it alive. The proliferation of free podcasts, articles, and resources on the web makes it easy to forget that real people are behind the work. It means a lot to us when you take the time to rate and review our book, this podcast, or share it with a friend. And if you're able, your financial gifts at patreon.com slash how to tell stories to children make it possible for us to continue calling out the storytelling voice in other parents, teachers, and grandparents. Together, we can spread the intimacy and joy of storytelling one family at a time. (laughs) 